This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. 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 <laughs> We're doing a podcast. Uh, Alex Navarro, how are you this fine morning? Oh, you know, I'm getting by. I'm slowly but surely continuing to pluck away at this basement and turn it into an actual workspace and not just a pile of shit behind me. But, you know, it takes time. It does take time. Sometimes it never goes away. Some say it never ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Shoemaker, welcome back to the basement crew. Yeah, that's right. Just doing the suburb thing here. Went on a little walk about this morning okay about the neighborhood and how is the neighborhood holding up uh, that's good i might you know i might cut the grass after this Are, okay you talked about that last time still um mm-hmm. uh, you got the tools the means that's right to cut the now grass you have the talent <laughs> is it rainy over there is it, is it rainy out today is it wet uh it's wet every day you have to you can't <laughs> you can't mow in the morning around here is that is that an everywhere thing um, it's been around here. It's been fairly dry at, at around, I'd say nine o'clock, eight or nine o'clock. It's, it's not too dewy, not too dewy. Mowing wet grass. Not great. Not a great, not fun. No, mm. not fun. 
I'm excited uh, to find out how quiet this this electric, this battery-powered mower is. We talked about this. Is it? Oh, I didn't ask this question, though. Is it a bagging mower, or do you just let it fall no. back into the ground? No. This okay. is full-on clean out the underside of the mower. Okay. Spray it with a hose kind of thing? Uh, yep. Oh, that clumpy grass. If you let that stuff mm-hmm. sit, the clumpy mm-hmm. grass is no good. Alex, have you mowed again? Welcome to the MoCast. Thank you. Uh, yeah. No, I haven't. Uh, I Mine does have the bag, uh, uh-huh. though it does not collect all of it. It just collects a lot of it. Um, <laughs> but I didn't last time actually check the underside to see if there was any clumpy grass under there. So when I mow it this weekend, uh-huh. that will be the first thing I check. Make sure you turn it off before you do that. Yes. How, how, do we, how do we feel about the post-yard uh, mowing reward beer? Is that... Oh, Necessary thing what post what are you talking about during okay i just get get yourself one of those beer hats (laughs) i was mowing the lawn once with the coffee in my hand pushing the mower with the one hand and somebody walking by remarked (laughs) on just how lazy and that okay in my mind was just how fucking lazy imagine me with like my beer and my big sun hat and just pushing the mower with one hand i think she was just like you look very comfortable (laughs) it's like you know you know i had the earbuds in listen to a podcast uh that's the way to do it again not a big yard okay to just push this little mower around with one hand i assume if i had more i would be have to concentrate more just i'd say my mower i could do the front and the back 20 minutes whoa what yeah wow oh yeah okay. like i said that's about how long the yeah. back took for me i think maybe slightly you know and add another five or ten minutes for the front just because the front's a little awkward yes i, I had yeah. a i had a regular two hour long mowing engagement in high school which is how i bought my first playstation oh see that's i think it was every week i think it was every week it took me two hours i got 50 bucks for it 50 bucks is pretty good back then. that's yeah. not bad yeah, yeah. i was i was charging uh 10 to 15 i think for suburban uh plots yeah. At the time. Well, again, this, this was a huge yard. Did Back you then, to... you could buy yourself one video game that was on sale for that kind of money. <laughs> there, there were there was room for like three houses on this plot of land. Did you have to bring your your own mower at that point? No, like, my okay. grandma lived next door, so I would go over there and mow her yard for free. Okay. And then, and then she would let me use her lawnmower to do the job. And pay for the gas? She would pay for the gas and stuff? Yes. Okay. Did you do sh- snow shoveling too? Hmm. Not that none. sounds rough. Oh, we, we don't get enough. You mean for money? We don't. We yeah. don't get enough snow around here for that. Oh, you're kidding. Okay, I thought no, maybe it would no. be like like uh, plows would have to come for those big driveways and stuff. No. Well, like maybe maybe once a winter. Okay. Or something. Uh, we did. We used to do the the snow. I did fewer lawns and more snow shoveling um, uh, when I was a kid, and then uh, yeah, all those uh, all those fun jobs to do when you're walking around in the winter. Now you know. We still get people coming, but they're mostly adults who are. Mm-hmm. I rarely see kids coming around uh, to shovel. It's like crews that come around now. Uh, yeah, like, and they'll there's, just do it. They'll do it in like ten minutes because they have like five guys. There's like some roving landscaping crew that comes to at least a few houses around here. I think it's all the same landscaping company, and they just come in and they like they're clearly on an every two week <laughs> schedule. Yeah, and then they just show up, lawnmowers in hand, just fucking hack away at that shit, and then they are gone, like in yeah. twenty minutes. And it's like, I understand why you do that, but none of the houses in my neighborhood have that big of a lawn, and <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of like, you know, Sam and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, are we saps for doing this ourselves? Are we? Should we not be? Should we hire someone? And it was like, no, Look, why, just, we don't have that much lawn. Also, I really, this is going to sound so suburban, come but like. I'm so I I got a thing for 
gas leaf blowers. They're so goddamn loud. They're just so goddamn loud. Oh, they and suck. I, and if I can if I can stop a gas gas leaf blower from being on my property, I'm doing my part. So loud, swarm of bees. I don't know if you've gotten that yet, Alex, but they're so oh, yeah. loud. No, yeah, I hear them every now and again outside, usually during the middle of the day. Oh yeah, it's oh not it's not good. I don't I don't like them. Is the thing. Uh, I think I talked to the landscaper. Actually, my wife did. As I, when I say whenever I say I talk to somebody a stranger, it's my wife. Just take that as my wife. I talked to somebody because I don't like talking to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the landscaper, and they said um, it just was not practical for them to go electric uh, because of the everybody would have to basically have the batteries at their place that they then would charge at the house. And then when they got there, use the battery thing. I got through about a battery and a half on my lawn lawnmower for uh, um, my front and backyard. I mean, they're not enormous batteries, but the thing is, if you invest in a few of them, a lot of them are interchangeable between different equipments, especially if it's a particular brand. So yeah. I feel like that is more of a, I don't want to do the upfront investment. I'm just going to keep using gas. Well, you know, you got to charge them and you can't, yes. it's hard to charge them on the road. And if you run out of batteries on, I mean, like I get some of the logistics, but I was, we were willing to be like, Hey, if we just give you the, we'll have the batteries, tell us what brand you're buying and yeah. we'll keep two batteries in our house. And then you just use them when you come to our house. My point is not that there are not logistics to be solved more that you could solve them if you really wanted to. I think, I think if, if there were an ordinance that pushed things in a way that would probably be helpful right like hey yes um because as we know that's the only way anyone will ever do anything or if it winds up being like you know this would be a lot cheaper for you uh, because of gas uh, mm-hmm. but yes i don't know oh, tax yeah, credits that's how we're gonna do it we're gonna solve we everything it. through tax credits what if, what if all three of us got out there with weed eaters at the same time uh-huh. uh and we were all going at it but then each one of us only leveled up every third time uh-huh. And also, also, all the plants were shooting fireballs at us. Uh, this is a great. I segment. see where you're going with this. I, I love uh-huh. this. Uh, yes, let's talk about Baldur's Gate. Just kidding. Let's talk about Vampire Survivors, <laughs> the hottest, latest video game, hottest game of 2023. Uh, just came out. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's this uh, little neat little game. It's like a, it's like a, a Vegas, Las Vegas, and uh, uh, Castlevania rolled into one. Uh, Vampire. It feels like- yeah. Does anybody? Ever, I'm sure somebody brought this up last year when this blew up. Like, it feels like the kind of thing that somebody would get angry about. Somebody, somebody in their 40s who's not us would get angry. What do you mean I don't press any buttons? What do you mean it's a game where I, that I played with one hand? <laughs> back, like back in my day. Sure. Yes. This isn't. Doesn't oh, classify as a video game. This game plays itself. This is. Yes. Uh, uh, Vampire Survivor has been out for a while now. Yeah, um, yeah. kind of, kind of having like a little bit of a relaunch right now. It feels like, or it's it's expanding. They've been putting out their DLC kind of consistently, but the big thing that just dropped and we checked out on Monday was the Vampire Survivors co-op. Or at least on the PC, we checked out the. Um, is that out officially now? It is out as of I believe the day after we are recording this. Okay. So when people, when the general public hears this, it should be out. Uh, we checked it out on the PC. We all played together, three folks. We didn't really know what to expect, which was kind of exciting, I, how they were going to implement this. And uh, maybe they had stated in other places, but I had not kept up and was kind of impressed with the implementation of it. So you, you kind of load up your game. You immediately can just have other people join locally, I should say, um, and reinforce. This is local co-op. So we played on the PC and we played via Parsec, where in uh, it's a piece of software where – 
people can connect to your computer and join in as if they were local, but it's a remote thing. So it's bridging that gap, but this is local co-op only. And, uh, yeah, we played and it's interesting. You jump in, everybody picks a character. We started from a fresh save and it goes kind of in a sequential order for who is getting the next upgrade as you gather XP on the map. So you, everybody gathers XP, it gets pulled into one XP bar that triggers the first person gets to pick their thing. The yeah, next time I, the second person does and third. I I didn't I didn't know how they were going to handle the leveling, but I did not think of that as a possibility. Yeah. Like, you know, there's the there's the obvious like I mean there's the awful choice of everybody's just getting their own XP and whoever right. picks it up gets it and levels which is bound to oh, you know make me never want to play that ever. Harkening, harkening back to the days of two player contra and stealing the other players lives when totally. you're out. Oh yeah. shit. Uh, that would have been the wrong choice, but then, you know, like, I don't know, but I'll, I'll, I think a lot of, a lot of the options for how you would split XP would have been pretty unsatisfying, but this feels probably the most elegant that I can think of. And also, also does lead to the fun occasional interlude of yelling at somebody to pick the goddamn team item. God damn it. <laughs> so there is, uh, you get presented. Well, I should say this also, instead of your normal, is it, is it six items? Six items you're able to get. I forget what the uh, yeah. It's it's six weapons. Isn't isn't that right, Alex? Isn't it's six support. Six, six weapons. Six support. Normally, that is what you get. Yeah. So in this case, every at least in the three player we played, everybody gets three. Uh, and so you can't. So you kind of have to be choosy in what you're what you're going to kind of spec out. So you take what you want, but then every once in a while, I don't know if it's random or what. I would assume random. You get an option to level up one existing item for every player that is every uh, player controlled player, obviously. Uh, and that one just seems like, of course, you take that when you get it. Uh, mm -hmm. Because unless you're in a situation where that person is, you know, maybe one away from doing their evolution on a weapon or a very particular case. But it, that kind of rotation of leveling up does lead to interesting things where you're choosing what to focus on. The next player is also going to be choosing. And if you're not paying attention, you could kind of mess somebody else up or mess yourself up pretty easily because you don't have a lot of wiggle room because you only have the three slots and three uh, support. Yeah. It's a really interesting implementation of this concept, and especially in a game where they are bolting it onto an existing thing and not redesigning for a sequel. It, um, yeah. It's it's you know it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't work perfectly, but I think it's about as good an implementation of that sort of thing as you could do in a game that already exists. But like, I will say the one thing that was kind of throwing me off a little bit is the idea that it seems like when you get a weapon, the other uh, none of the other players can get that. Oh yeah, and the idea of balancing that where it's like okay. You know, because I have certain weapons that I tend to gravitate toward, but if you're on a team situation, sometimes it makes sense to spread that stuff out more. And also having the limited of, like, you know, you only have three weapons and three bonuses. I don't know if that changes if you unlock more stuff, because we were playing in your game, Vinny. Yeah. And you don't have a lot of stuff unlocked in that no. one. Um, And I'm just kind of wondering, like, what happens if you end up in a situation where it's like... Hey, uh, you know, we have like a thousand weapons that are available to us. Do I still only have three available? But, you know, again, I think it's it's one of those things where it's like they are doing their best to solve what feels like a fairly confusing problem. Uh, and I don't know, like, I just feel like 
I don't know. I feel like they've done a good job with this. I don't know if it's how I want to be playing this game full time. I maybe I mean not full time, but I absolutely want to play more of it. Like I went into the stream going like, yeah, I guess that'll be interesting to check out. I don't know if that'll be fun for a whole stream or not, but let's give it a shot. And by the end of two hours, I was like, we have to do this again. Yeah, like it, it's 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 super interesting. Um, the um, the extra slots are there on the UI still. Like yeah, there's just got a big red X through them, so that makes me wonder if you can get some. Maybe there's new upgrades that let you unlock those eventually. Like. The big downside you run into is that everybody, you know, every individual player is underpowered compared to single player because you've got fewer weapons. You're only leveling every three levels, you know, so any one person's damage output is severely compromised compared to single player. So, like, positioning would be super important if we had bothered to actually think about it instead of just yes. going, you know, like if, like if you really wanted to, like go hard on it you know everybody would be sort of like oh you've got you've got more horizontal attacks i've mm -hmm. got the song of mana i'm getting the giant columns up and down like if we kind of stick together and position this way then we can kind of clear more or, easily so it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of considerations there that are not there in the single player or you know it you know conceptually also interesting because it's an auto attack game so you can think about if you really zoom out 20,000 foot view if Brad, you have an ability that's auto firing, and I have an ability that's auto firing, how different is it than if I just had both of those abilities auto firing? Right? It's mm -hmm. really, it's really very similar, except now the enemies are moving in different patterns because they're aggroing different people on different parts of the map, um, and then also you're deciding now whether you want to pursue that upgrade path for an item versus I'm deciding whether to pursue that upgrade. So it's, and you split the evolution, right? If, if that's a big consideration. The other thing we should mention in the balancing of it is I just mentioned the aggro. That's kind of a big deal because in a single player, you're pulling creatures right. along a path. Yeah. yeah I, I, uh, I mentioned that during the stream, how weird it is to play that game and see enemies moving away from you. Yeah. Cause like you said, Brad, a lot of the weapons are directional. There's certain patterns to the weapon. And sometimes you use that to your advantage when you're pulling enemies around the screen. The other balance thing that happens here is when a player gets killed, they are just taken out of the game. They're downed basically in video game parlance, let's say for uh, a set amount of time. And then they come back. So as long as as long as multiple players or at least one player is alive in the game, you're just waiting for that timer for the other player to tick down, and they can come back. But they're sw <sighs> kind of swarmed it's, immediately. It's, it's, and it's it's the most vampire survivor solution to that scenario that I could think of. Like, yeah, they don't even make you go res the other players. They just come back after a, a pretty short timer. It's like yeah, it couldn't be more than fifteen seconds that you're down in that little coffin before you pop back out but the the big fuck you is in the meantime yeah like enemies are not only swarming the little coffin that you're dead in but they appear to be getting bigger and stronger as they do so they are they at least get bigger um but yeah yeah yes and then you may get a little bit of invulnerability when you pop out but it's not a lot and it's it's, it's very short and uh yeah. you are it can be very tough to exit that situation but we did multiple times and uh, mm -hmm. we're able to recover from that we didn't we didn't clear any levels, but again, we were pretty early on. The upgrade path seems to pull gold, so you can still spend that gold on universal upgrades that seem to apply to every player that's in the game. Um, unlocking characters seems to be a little bit weird. We didn't quite understand because you you have three unlocked if you're playing in a three-player game. 
out of the gate, but then when somebody else chose a different player, it seemed like it would lock the initial player behind a a paywall. What it seems to be doing is that if you only have the the default character unlocked it unlocks the first three for you if you are playing multiplayer but then once you start unlocking characters manually yeah those other ones go back behind the okay you know the gold paywall until you you actually go in and unlock them in your game so it'll make sure you at least have three unlocked and then yes. once you have one it'll just say you paid for this now we're going to lock up this other character. yes exactly okay uh which, which i think you- is is probably the only way you can do that because and again like you start unlocking characters in that game so early that like yeah. it's not a big problem for anyone who's been playing it for more than a couple of hours. Uh, the progression was fun. The progression was fun with multiple people. It's just a very different experience, which yes. is, I think, the biggest compliment I could give to them implementing this multiplayer is that it changes the loop or changes the mechanics and the way you think about vampire survivors, the survivors in a way that makes it different enough that makes going back to it kind of a different game uh, or, or yeah, a new experience definitely its biggest success is that i came out of it feeling like it was new enough that i wanted to play more of it at the same time having also so I, i've been playing the switch version of this as well that's kind of what i meant about it's not a relaunch but you know there's kind of a big fresh wave of new vampire survivor stuff it's it's getting this co-op mode it is coming out on switch i think they are changing the engine over to unity did we talk about this yes, on we did. pc I didn't realize apparently it was possible to bring the PC version absolutely to its knees if you got super, super late game to the point that like the game was running slower than real time. Oh, yeah. Because of so many weapons firing off at one time. So they're fixing that on PC. There's a lot going on there. But so my vampire survivors current status, uh, anytime you get past the 20 minute mark, if you're playing on Steam Deck, it is uh, like five frames a second. Oh, my God. It is really something else. And like to the point where. I think I mentioned this. I was playing in that airport when I was stuck there for a while. I played for like a couple hours or something. And then I looked up and everything looked like it was running too fast. Like everything. (laughs) Like life, real life. Like real life suddenly (laughs) looked like it was running at like more frames per second than it was supposed to. And it really fucked me up for a few minutes. So so I've been playing the Switch version, which meant starting over again because they don't have perks. They don't have cross progression. And I went into this thinking like, man, that's a bummer. I've been playing a lot on the Xbox. Like I'm pretty leveled up there. It would be cool to just keep going with that. But like I'm starting to feel like the whole upgrade loot, like the, the, the ramp of starting with nothing and getting all the relics and like yeah. remembering all the evolutions and starting to pair those and stuff like that. That kind of is the game. Right. Yes, I agree. So like. Counting your co-op run the other day where we started with your fresh save, I have played through the first few hours of that game like four different times now on different platforms. And like, I'm still like addicted to the Switch version just the same. Like I, I except now it now it's like an optimization problem of how fast can I get back to where I was mm. to the point that like my second run, I, I got I got to like 2930 on the library, which was my literal. I did I did the first level once, went straight to the library and almost beat the library on my second try. You know, so it's like it's like, wow, you really can be better at this game, like significantly than when you don't know anything's going on. Um, yeah, so it, you, cool. you can. I will say there there is still a game there once you have unlocked a ton of characters and like, you know, unlocked all the stages and everything like because there's. The thing is, there's just so fucking many characters, and like a lot of them are hidden behind like very arcane methods and secrets and things that you have to do. And granted, you know, there's a million guides out there that will tell you how to do all of it, but you know, like that still takes time. That's still a progression. And 
once you have all the bonuses and once you've you know you've got a whole lot of characters there's still achievements to find there's still other weird because that's the thing this game has and the thing that i think has sort of like captivated people more so than the walk around and make slot machine sounds happen thing that is definitely the you know let's just say the chemical reaction a lot of people have to this game is that it's just it just the people who the, the especially the main guy but the people who made it just have this deep love for like weird old video game bullshit and i feel like there's so much of that like just packed into this that it's never really particularly boring to just go in and be like well you know i've never beaten this stage with this character before so why don't i just give it a shot yes i have all the relics but who cares yeah it, i was i was hanging out in the bone zone this morning trying to beat the bone ball mm-hmm. which i have never beaten I don't know what that gives you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, sure I've beaten the bone it. ball exactly once. Like, it gets bigger, it absorbs regular enemies, and just gets bigger and bigger. Yep. I, I can't remember all the characters. Like, I I can't say I beat the game. I think I beat something a couple of times, but I it was one of those games that, <laughs> to uh, pull out the old cliche, I knew when I was satisfied. Like yeah. I, I, I put it down, like I had gotten all the secrets that I thought I wanted to get. I had beaten everything that had presented itself. I think I got near the, whatever the end game is, was in the end game. I haven't done the DLC, but, um, in the main campaign, uh, to the point where I was pretty consistently able to just beat anything, right? Like, you know, yeah. you, you get to that point where you're like, oh, okay, um, uh, I liked using that red death character and it, they seem very powerful and, uh, you know, nothing can stand in my way, which is an awesome feeling. Uh, but, but that's kind of the joke is the thing is that like the joke of vampire survivors is that you keep beating it, but you never beat it. Yeah. It yeah. Th- it's like, there's a thousand different ways you can quote unquote beat the game, but then like they add more or, the you know, they just keep doing stuff. And the thing is like, it's just endless. It's endless and also full of endings. I think I, th- I think I just stopped looking for new ways to beat it is, yeah. uh, is, is the thing. Um, and the game gets just super weird, but it's fun. It was fun. Like I really enjoyed my time with it, but I still be- don't think there's a Dracula in there. I don't think there's an actual vampire. I don't think, I mean, they, they still advertise the game as, you know, no, va- no vampires. You it. will know development on this game has ceased when you finally find a vampire. That uh, is the end. That, I don't know if you guys remember, but that game is so weird that when I, I don't know what happened in that library level, but when I was able to clip through the bookcases, I still re- don't know why you were able to do really that. really felt like that was just going to unlock a character. Cause that's how the, that's how a lot of them feel like they're unlocked. You just clip through a certain weird thing or you unlock some arcane sequence of events. Some, something happened to me on the switch the other day that first of all, the switch version is fine. It's exactly what you think it is. It is vampire survivors running on a Nintendo switch. If yeah, you're curious. There's not that, a ton that to conjures say there. a specific image, and I'm sure that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's fucking rules to have. Uh, granted, you can play it on Steam Deck. There are other ways to play that game portably if you had hardware. But like, everybody's got a Switch, right? Like having that game just at your at your fingertips at all times is pretty rad. It's, a, it's like the perfect put this thing to sleep and come back to it later type game. It's also on mobile uh, too, right? Yeah, it's been on mobile okay. um, for a bit. Uh, it, it does get a little framey. Not not bad. Like it's it's totally playable from what I've seen. Although I haven't gotten late game, like I said, you have to start fresh. So, like I have been. People call it six slotted. That's the Dota term. Mm-hmm. Six slotted with you know your ultimate stuff. Like I've had six evolved weapons. You know, like so basically as as heavy graphically as I could get it early game, and uh-huh. it would like you know it'll drop some frames when like in the last two three minutes of the stage when just everything's pouring in. But it's not it's not terrible. 
uh, by any means. But anyway, the thing that happened on the Switch uh, the other day, like I've, I've, you know, you get the multi-level thing all the time where like you level up and then it'll level you up a couple more times or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like I've never quite understood why that happens. Is that just luck? Is that just a luck I, thing? Is that is that based on your luck stat? I assume that had to do with luck. I don't know if I've ever actually gone and looked up what it is that causes that. Or like so, I, I always assumed I just I didn't see a, a big uh, super gem in there somewhere, or like one of the other like really heavy uh, XP crystals. Yeah, that was maybe stacked well, in a thing. Well, so yeah, you know, I've I've had that happen plenty of times over different versions. What happened here? And it was like the third level, third time I had played a level. It was the uh, what's the level? The milk something? You know what I'm talking about? The oh, the factory one. Yeah, stage, stage three. I was like 10, 12 minutes into the run. I wasn't even that deep, but I had, I think, pretty much all my items, at least at that point. I, I leveled up, and then it just kept leveling up and leveling up. Like, it must have done at least 20 times in a row, because it maxed every item in my possession. That's great. I do, it just kept leveling and leveling and leveling until literally everything was level 8, and I don't understand what caused that. It was uh- bizarre. I mean, look, maybe there is a thing that, like, after every level, there's a one in whatever chance that you could level again. Maybe you somehow hit the odds that it, it would be just kept completely, going. Completely strange. <laughs> I've definitely had some long strings of that. I don't know if it was ever quite that long, but, like, I've definitely had some where it just felt like it kept going and kept I, going and kept going. I had a really strange experience in this house playing Breath of the Wild last night in a, there's a constellation shrine. Does anybody remember that? There's, mm-hmm. like... There's like a bunch of constellations off on the wall and you have to put balls in oh, sockets yes. on the yes, floor. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I had a really strange experience last night where I completely 100% misunderstood the way that, I, that they wanted you to solve that. And you solved it? But I got it on my first try. Great. <laughs> like I I completely, because I looked up the, because I was like, wait, what the fuck just happened? And I looked up the solution and I was like, oh my God, I didn't even look at the thing you're <laughs> supposed to look at to solve that. But I still put them all in the right socket on the first, like, has this house been touched by God or something? Should I never leave? <laughs> Should I start buying lottery tickets from here? No, only uh, only in Breath um, of the Wild. You're like a, and, you're, yeah, you're and, one with the Breath of the Wild. And, and Vampire Survivors, I guess. Any, yeah. Anyway, uh, that game's still pretty good. It's very good. Very different game in co-op. Uh, very, I'm very, also very happy to see that game see continued success. There's something about that game that I want it to succeed. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I, it's I, like I, I, something I, pure I, about it. There's something, I mean, there's something about how janky it looks, but how like actually well thought it is underneath the like kind of off, not, not off putting, but the like, like you look at that and you're like, Oh, that's a ROM hack. Somebody like threw that together out of stolen assets or something. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah, look like Yeah, it's the like salty much. bet of fucking, you know, yes. like of, of, of bullet hell shooters. Yes. But there's actually an insane amount of depth and care put into the way it's put, uh, designed and, and put together. Yeah, there's a, it's, um, it's not quite clicker. So I, I was never really into just pure clicker stuff, but it's, it's more of a sticker. <laughs> just kind of Mo- lean on the stick, a moving sticker. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, an analog sticker, uh, mm-hmm. unless you're playing on keyboard and, uh, but there's something just pure video game about it. That is just like, okay, just level up, reduce, reduce every video game into just get the level up thing in in 30 minutes. And oh, be the, be the best thing you can. No, it's it. You know what it is? It's video game pornography, and I it don't really mean is. in the way that it is like sexual. I mean in the way that porno- pornography is designed to literally just deliver you the most base pleasures <laughs> in great quantity. That's what this is. It is the base pleasure of video games delivered to you in great fucking quantity in a half hour, right? Like in like yeah, in, roughly in, yeah, like in this like little. Uh, I mean, you level up thing. enough times that adds another ten or fifteen minutes. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, yes. Uh, which is fun. Like, 
you know, now beat it again. <laughs> right? Yeah. This is good. It's good. And just like pornography, you got to beat it again. You got to beat it again. You just, just got to keep beating it. It never give stops. Me, give me a couple of minutes. I'm going to beat it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got I, I to give it up for whoever wrote the descriptions on the levels also in that thing. Those are like, those are the best written short descriptions of video game levels I have ever read. I wonder, I mean, I, I assume this game has made profit, but it's still like a oh, $5 game in some dude, places. I cannot even They've t- sold so not, many copies, dude. I could not imagine how much money this game has made. I, don't and know. I guarantee you just about everyone who has bought that game has bought at least one, if not yeah. all of the DLC. Yeah, so th- th- Think about how many platforms it's on. You know, uh, like when I think about, was it? It was made by more than one person, but it's primarily no, it was, one person. It's primarily right? one guy from Italy, but there was there were a couple of other people that contributed to it. Oh, okay. So you know, that probably took a while, some cost on the game. Like I'm not saying the game didn't make a profit, but I am kind of curious on if you were to net out the person's time and development uh, on the game, and you know, the price point on it. It was free, you know, on on or still is free on Game Pass. I think I don't know how those deals work. Honestly, I don't know if they yeah, but I mean, you get, you, yeah, you get paid for that. Obviously, I'm, I'm just looking on Steam. It has it has 200,000 Steam reviews, which I mean, if you and that's just the people who wanted to put a score in. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean that's that you know if you if you look at kind of or buy into like the correlation between number of reviews and number of sales, it's done extremely well. Like Stardew Valley has 500,000, so it's getting up into that territory. Good. Like I'm happy for its success. <laughs> I okay. Would you want in a parallel universe, not a full game, but somehow just a UE5 full-on 3D hyper-realistic version for one level of what this would look like with all these characters trying to come at you? I think that would make a very good April Fool's Day joke. <laughs> like, how how crippling would it be for that engine? That is the new Rubber Ducks demo for uh, uh, the, your next engine. Show me what Vampire Survivors would look like in 3D in your engine. That um, probably exists on YouTube. Somebody has point. made it. Um, all right. That is Vampire Survivors, specifically the co-op uh, that has been added. That co-op is coming to all of its releases across the board. Uh, you can check it out. Local co-op again. Yes, to, not online, to, not but if online. you have a Parsec or you know a Steam link or one of those things, like you can yeah. probably play it somewhat remotely. Yeah, or like, you know, couch. You could get your friends on. I'm going to play no. with the kids. Nobody uh, plays on couches anymore, man. It's <laughs> done. It's over. Beanbag, beanbag co-op. It's over. Beanbag, get a, get, oh, I'm going to sell all these extra sticks I have. They were so expensive. Sell that couch too, man. We're done here. Oh, couch was expensive too. Vampire Survivor has been out for two years now. Continues to impress. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about some more games right after this. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one 
place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200. My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we are back. And we've got some other games to talk about, beginning with Stray Gods, the role-playing musical. A game we played some of on uh, stream last week. I'm going to say this one probably... It's got a, okay. I like what it's going for. Mm-hmm. I don't think the music quite hit me in a way that a musical probably has to in order for it to be um, something I want to continue going down. So the songs, I think, just didn't strike me as that interesting in the parts we played. But conceptually, what you're doing is you're playing as a character who has been set up as someone who has the power of song, You know, not to get too deep into the story here that can influence other characters, make them break out into music and and song. And you kind of, the gameplay mechanics come in where you're making choices that are kind of like strong, strong willed or like empathetic or, you know, those like basically kind of almost mass effect ish, red, blue, (laughs) green kind of choices. And those insert themselves into the songs. So they, they'll change some of the lines in the songs and, push seem to push characters along different paths as you're doing the songs. But again, these characters will break out into song. And if you're not into the music for that two or three minutes, you know, it could be, it could be a drag. Uh, I, I was, I didn't hate it, but some of the songs were better than others. Yeah. I, it's two things. One, I don't think the setup for what is going on in this game is as interesting as I was maybe hoping like the Mm. whole, like, you know, flailing band lead singer just, you know, comes across this muse and then suddenly is imbued with her soul and then has to solve a murder mystery around it is not, did not seem that compelling. And the second thing is that, yeah, I think the music is just kind of disappointing. Not that I am the biggest musical fan or expert, but I felt like a lot of it was kind of limp. Yeah. I like musicals just fine. Like I like musical theater. Uh, I have nothing against it. I I agree. I think the songs just weren't catchy uh, and didn't didn't kind of pop. At least, look, we didn't play a ton of it. We played um, an hour and a half, maybe, or an hour-ish of it. But that's Uh, where you got to get the audience, man. Like, in that first, you know, in in those first few songs, like, you got to hook them. If you don't hook them, then, like, they're not going to stick around for it. Have, uh, you, have you played any more since? I have not. Three? I haven't gone back into it. Um, I, 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 still, I, still, I still want to know if that in the Time to Shine line is, like, the... <laughs> It just seems like the refrain they're going to keep coming back to in that. That was that song was the closest to sounding like a catchy musical song that I could actually get into. But like, yeah, I, I just it just I and I some people I follow on Twitter have played through the whole thing and actually are kind of echoing a lot of what you're saying here about the the, the music in it about it. Yeah, just it just being a little flat. Uh, but again, I I like what they're going for. It's always interesting to see it's, people reaching yeah. beyond uh, so or. 
bending bold genre. I, yes, bold idea. I think. Uh, so, uh, like, I don't want to. Uh, I want to give it credit for that. Like, yeah, trying something. It's also kind of adventure game ish, mixed with visual novel ish, mixed with a musical. So, um, it's doing interesting things. But yeah, uh, I like the art too. I, I actually really like the the character designs, like the not necessarily the portrayal of some characters, but the actual um, art style. I I liked in it. Um, you know. <laughs> Some of their choices on depiction were like a little like, okay, this character, I don't know if you're going for goofing or you're just drawing the most, what, what would you call? How many uh, abs Troy can you Baker's? give one man? <laughs> yeah. Character. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he's just a walking set of abs. That's pretty much what that character is. Like somewhere between like a weird muscle beach guy and <laughs> the dude from the big Lebowski. Like it's very weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Stray Gods. That is out now. Stray Gods, the role-playing musical. Um, again, the role-playing parts coming from what seem like to me the choices you make throughout the songs. And also, there's like very light, at least we got an hour's kind of search around an environment uh, kind of by selecting different items in the environment. You have no direct movement control. They just kind of give you a list of things you want to search. Um, interesting. Not top of my list. Uh, moving on to a game that I actually was, uh, pleasantly surprised in, in how it plays on God. I'm not on going, God. I'm not doing it. I'm not going for the, not going for any accent. Just going for on guard. I'm going to just Americanize that one right there on guardy. Okay. Uh, exclamation point. I played only about a half hour of this just kind of dropped today as the time of the, this recording, uh, just released. I wasn't sure what to think of this. Uh, I was a little worried it was not going to play as well as it showed in some of the trailers. There was a demo during Steam Next Fast, I want to say, that I did not play. It's a $20 game. Uh, I should mention, if we're going back to Stray Gods, it's a $30 game. This uh, Unguard's a $20 game. It controls pretty well, and it's fun to play. The, the countering and the combat, which is what this game kind of is set up to be, is fun and as advertised. You will play as this Puss in Boots esque kind of um uh musketeer like character uh and you know it is it is over the top in that way again in the kind of let's call it the shrek puss in boots characterization where you are you're saying they damn shrekified the thing i i i'm not too familiar with other interpretations of puss in boots i know the shrek one this kind of sounds like and plays like that character would. They're very popular movies, to be <laughs> Yeah, I, I look, I haven't seen that last one, but I've heard very good things. It was good. It was surprisingly it. good. Uh, and so you're kind of running around as this master uh, uh, fencer, swords, uh, swords person, uh, and the character uh, has parries, dodges, can kick environmental objects into other characters. There's um, uh, a break meter. I don't know what, I forget what they call it in the game. It's not a stamina meter. I, I forget exactly what they call it, but a guard meter basically that you can break to get shots in. It's well done and it's, it's fun. Like when you're mobbed by enemies, you it's quick and fast and you're looking for the right opportunities to manage crowds of people. Not quite old Assassin's Creed. It's more comic-y and, and looser than that where you're not really sitting there waiting for the counter to stab somebody in the neck it's mm -hmm. more of it's more forgiving you can kind of spam the counter button if you want and and you'll you'll hit it but it's fun and you're fairly mobile in it uh 
I want to play more of it. I don't know how long it is. Again, it's a $20 game. But my worry that it wouldn't control well, that it would be kind of loose, is not. It was not there. It, it was, was for not. It was for not. It is. Is, is it just a, just a single player game? Like I like I I also saw it during Next Fest and thought like oh, I should keep my eye on that. But like is is there a multiplayer component? I was not clear. Like beyond like Madcap Sword action, mm-hmm. I wasn't quite clear what. Not that they were I going for. Yeah, not that I saw any hint of a multiplayer thing. Again, I didn't play. I only played about a half hour of it so far. I'm just wrapping up what seems like a pretty long tutorializing in the game. So maybe something else opens up, but as far as I can tell, it is um, single player and kind of uh, not open. <laughs> At least what I can mm, you, okay. you kind of run not, along the paths. Sounds like it might be a little more straightforward than I was expecting. Like I, I think I think when you call your game on guard, I'm just expecting some kind of like complexity or nuance to the sword play beyond the norm of just press button, swing sword. You know, mm. like is there any of that in there? Like like I I something that I'm interested in both like like sword combat and like hand-to-hand yeah like even playing karateka was like an interesting little look at like you know uh, like they're high and low and like it feels like there's some more like direct tactile control of of your melee attacks you know what I mean yeah I know exactly what you mean like some actual technique to high low stuff like that like some some one-to-one control anything like that or is it just much more standard so I think this is much more standard, but it kind of much more is going less for the amazing tactical swordsmanship and more spectacle. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're trying to be in fun kind of cinematic encounters here where you're, you're kicking somebody over, then you're you know, like stabbing this person and parrying this person and not necessarily the kind of stances or, or, or stuff. You, you got a panache meter they can fill up that gets you specials, but it's really more action than tactical, but it's fun. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. The the banter is a little like, oh, like not, <laughs> not quite what you're looking for. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not digging all of it. You know, it's very silly. It's extremely silly. Again, maybe it's Puss in Boots like without maybe some of the edge. I haven't again. Haven't seen the latest movie. Maybe the latest movie is very funny and very edgy, but not I very hate- edgy. It's it's funny. I wouldn't call it edgy. As the kids say, as my kids would probably say, it can be a little cringe. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, if, I, if I know anything about classic myth, the original version of Puss in Boots probably like murdered people by the bucket loads. Probably like strung them up with their intestines. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's some Hannibal shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, probably just dug claws into throat. I don't know. Uh, but on guard, out now, pretty fun. Another game that I've been looking forward to and uh, uh, actually didn't get a chance to play as much of as I would have liked because I had a late night out with the kids and then I got home and was like, oh man, it's like 10 o'clock. Do I boot up Moving Out 2, which just released yesterday, and I asked my wife and she said, fine with me. So we played some Moving Out 2 at 10 p.m. Whoa. uh, Wow. With the kids. Living on the edge. I know. And uh, Paint in the fucking town, man. I know. Watch out for us. And uh, they really liked it. It's moving out, but more moving out. I really loved moving out one, uh, a game I played a lot of, played through multiple times. Moving out two seems to just be more moving out, but that is just fine with me. Maybe polished up a little bit more, a couple more options in there. So uh, we're not too, too far in it. Like I said, I, this is not a game I want to play by myself. This is not a game I even want to try playing by myself. Can can you? Uh, I think you can. Uh, 
they doesn't have seem a mo- like the way though. They have a mode in there where you can control two characters with one controller. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that is the only way to play it by yourself. You can also put options on kind of like the first one to make uh, objects that require two people only require one person. So you can do that, but that's not why I'm coming to moving out. I'm not coming to, I want the fun stuff of trying to throw a couch with somebody else into the back of a truck. I really like moving out. It's such a fun game to play with the kids, mostly because it felt like at the time when I played it with my daughter, she did not want to, you know, when this came out, boy, when moving out one came out a while ago. Uh, Yeah. It's been some years. Uh, she was younger and she mostly wanted to stay by the truck and just kind of put the things that we would put there by the truck. And she was able to do that. So it allowed for situations where she can still be involved, but not have to have the stress of a high stress environment where my son and I were like, yeah, man, we're min maxing this. We got to go get all these things and like, go get this and that. And, but now she is way more into like, yes, we should go get the couch first and move all this stuff around. You know, she's a little older and understands the joy of video games. And <laughs> she's old enough now to understand that you need to move the couch. <laughs> that she's old enough to understand look if you're not stressing out why are you even playing yeah uh if you're not yelling that's at your the teammates, fun that's the fun you like fun don't you <laughs> move the uh, fucking couch so, uh so that game is super fun uh and it has online co-op so uh um we did not try that obviously we we're doing local co-op but the first one did not this one does so I'm sure we will check this out soon, maybe during a grab bag, get you guys in on there. It's on everything, and it has cross-play, so, um, which is also very good. More games coming out with online co-op and cross-play. This is a good yeah. future. I like yeah. this. Yes. Um, I, have, I have Texas Chainsaw Massacre in my possession. Fired it up. It's not out yet. We have not had a chance to try it, so you can't really... It's multiplayer only, so when it's not out yet, there's only so much you can do, but... That also is cross play. It just feels like it's just expected. They, like we're here. Yeah, we made it. it. It's just expected now. Especially even- uh, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is going to be on Game Pass. So like right. that's also yeah. cross play with that is awesome because you can feel like no matter what platform I have, somebody's probably playing it because it's on Game Pass. It feel, even even in the twenty thirty dollar tier, it feels like we're finally there. Where just like almost everything. Has got crossplay at this point. I shouldn't say everything, but you know what I mean. And yeah. crossplay without having to make the which again cross progression different thing, but crossplay where you don't have to make a separate account to have your crossplay like where their matchmaking is not necessarily tied into you making. I don't know who's making Chains- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but the developer or publisher's account system. Yeah, I, I, th- I guess I guess the, the way to look at it is like it's. I think it, it almost feels more notable now when a game lacks crossplay yes. than when it has it, mm-hmm. which is where where you want to be. Yes, it can be very frustrating. Uh, I'm looking at you, Warhammer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that game. That thing ever got cross uh, progression? I don't know. Dark Tide. Yeah, Dark Tide. talking about Dark Tide. I have not checked back in on Dark Tide in a while. I haven't I checked in. in a, I think it might have had cross play, but I don't know if um, I had cross progression, which is what stopped me from moving over at the time. Cross progression again, different thing than cross play. Yes. Uh, and that you, I feel like cross progression usually means you ha- are signing up for some separate account somewhere. Oh, as as of uh, like six weeks ago, it does finally have cross play between Steam and Microsoft Store. Okay, okay, and I assume that would mean is the console version. I don't think the Xbox version is out yet. Still, oh boy, I bet some people are real mad about that. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I have not seen anything about it coming out yet. Okay, it might be. Well, it's a game for another time. Uh, 
I hope I uh, hope stuff is going okay over there. Uh, moving out too though, thirty bucks, fun game. Glad to see it. Going to be playing more of that, I am sure. Uh, that game gets into weird and at least moving out one got into weird and interesting puzzle style stuff. I'm sure, moving out two, we'll get there as well. Finally, here, Alex, you and I and Abby played some Baldur's Gate three. Indeed, been pl- I've been playing a ton of Baldur's Gates three on my own. We got to play some co-op. What did you think of your experience in the now released Baldur's Gate 3 with the co-op? I think this is kind of how I want to play it. <laughs> with other people? Yeah, because, I mean, look, the, the D&D role-playing stuff, to me, has never been that interesting as a solo experience. Like, you know, the whole point of tabletop gaming, at least in my mind, is you're there with people, you're interacting with them, you're building a game on that kind of stuff. And just doing the hardcore role-playing by myself, I think, is the thing that has caused me to bounce off of games like this in the mm. past, is the idea of... I, I know there are some people that, like, do... All they want is fucking prison-like solitude playing these kinds of games, and I totally get that. But there's just something about... Even when you're not, like, having to talk through and play, like, a real role-playing tabletop experience, there's just something about this kind of thing when you are with people that are playing different classes, playing different character types... I don't know. Like it just it to me it was more appealing and I was having more fun with it. It's pretty fun and I'm glad the game is flexible enough where the three of us rolled our own characters and we didn't even ha- we didn't have to have the story character, the origin characters in our party. We right. had we had one uh that you were controlling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and which one? Uh we had Shadowheart uh because you know, Shadowheart blesses on the it gives the uh extra 1d4 to the rolls. Got to have Shadow Heart in that party. Yeah, she's good people. Um, Clark, healer, can get mm-hmm. in there. But it was fun. It was like, you know, it's fun also because it's weird stuff happens when you have other players in your game doing stuff in the background while you're doing a thing and in the wrong spot or the right spot while you're doing a thing, you know? like mm-hmm. uh, real, real quick, remind me, are, do the joiners bring story characters or, I mean, or characters from their single player game or do they make joinable like multiplayer only characters is that how so it's a good question and it's it's maybe not as easy a thing to answer the short answer is no you make in a multiplayer session from what i can gather you make a character to bring into somebody else's game okay yes Uh, or you can take over no you can you're not bringing anything back to your game and from what i can tell in that multiplayer game if i were to boot that up again i haven't tried this but like Alex's character would still be there. Just, I wouldn't be able to play it. It would just uh, be stuck in that party as kind of a, like a knocked out character, dead character. Oh, yeah. like, like showing up in the UI, not bodily, yeah. like running around with you. Right? No, I don't, I haven't done it, but from what I could tell is like that character's in that game kind of forever. Interesting. I don't know okay. if that's still the case. It seemed to be the case at least a week and a half ago when I was looking into it. So when you start a multiplayer session, it seems like that's a multiplayer session. Um, come hell or high water you can have people come and join existing characters you have it seems like so if i want you brad if you wanted to jump in to my game you could just take control of existing characters but you wouldn't have your oh, own character that's cool yeah that's kind of neat yeah oh, but so so you couldn't even start a multiplayer game with your original campaign save like that's a uh, single player game forever i could have people join to play existing characters oh, you can't oh yes, yes okay yeah. got it but got i it. at this point um i don't know if i could you could jump into my game with a rolling your own character i'm not h- h- sure about that i'm not 100 percent sure 
Um, so like if I, my, you know, whatever 45 hours save, you guys could jump in and take over the origin characters and, and be able to control them and then bop out and then I would be back to normal. But I couldn't get like, I couldn't bring Alex's character pre-made into anything I have unless I started and we all started new characters. I think I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It might be a little confusing, but it, I think it is actually a little, it's, a, it's all a little confusing, but you know, they're, they're trying to juggle a lot here. Yeah. I so. Oh, sorry. Well, it just wound up in a situation where, you know, we we had to start this. We got together a little bit early before the stream because you actually can't make those characters unless you're joined in the game. So, like, we were, I was like, hey, I'm starting up the server. Make your characters. Let's kind of get through this stuff. Uh, what were you going to say, Brad? Uh, it's just, like, talking to the stuff you were talking about last week about being able to, like, peel somebody off and have <laughs> them, like, totally leave a conversation and go off and do some other shit that mm-hmm. could throw a wrench into the works. Like having actual other human beings in there with agency and their own characters able to do that, you know, where it's not just one person yeah. splitting characters up to do stuff, but like one of your co-op friends might go off and do something without telling you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And with all of the systemic weird stuff that can happen in that game, it seems, like, seems like a lot of potential for hijinks. There were situations where, you know, so they do a pretty good job of letting you know when another player character is in a conversation with someone and you could just warp into that conversation. So yes. over there on their portrait, there'll be like a little ear icon and you could just click on that and it'll take you to eavesdrop on that conversation, which is great. Uh, but there were situations where Abby would be in a conversation and Alex would be in a conversation and I would want, I'm like, well, okay, which one am I going to listen in on? And That's I'm just, wild. I'm just freely moving around the map at that point. Cause they're in different spots talking to different people. Uh, and I can interact. I could loot people. They could put them in different positions. I could pickpocket the person they're talking to. It's, it's weird and fun and, and much more, um, jazzy, you know, than, mm-hmm. than yeah. kind of what was going on in my personal save where you can do that on your own. Cause you can switch to another character solo and move them around the map. But yes, having other characters have their own agency is definitely kind of weird. And you, you split up, man. I don't, I don't I don't know why the, the idea of multiple characters having different conversations with different NPCs at the same time has like broken my brain, <laughs> but like that just seems so antithetical to the way most co-op is designed where there's like, there's the one golden path through yeah. the story and everybody's just going to watch that play out as the, probably the host triggers it, you know? It was weird. Like, just just the idea that everybody can go off and, like, does that mark those conversations as had for the host then? I guess so. Oh, yeah. Well... Like, it's, in fact, it seems like the host is not really privileged in this situation at all other than being the one running the game, right? Like... So the way the game, Boulder's Gate 3, kind of works is uh, sometimes, depending on the conversation, sometimes the character will kind of be react, um, reset for you when you talk to them. So, okay, okay, if your character went through a conversation tree with a certain character, my character could then run that whole conversation tree again okay. as my character. It depends. If something, if you did something to really do something horrible in that conversation, that character might not be available for me to talk to. But oftentimes, you can do your own checks and, and just do it again. I just, I cannot get the image out of my head of like you or whoever, somebody else in the game having like some critical story conversation with somebody that needs to play out and just like running up to that NPC and shoving them in a pit. That's what, that's what, when Dave and I were playing, that is exactly, I would be in a conversation and Dave would just run up behind the person with an ax and just like yeah. put it in the back yeah. of their head. And like yeah, that NPC was just fighting us. Just all, all the stuff I keep seeing, you know, all, all the potential for like things that are flammable and setting things on fire mm-hmm. and pushing important story characters over a, a bottomless cliff and stuff. Like it just seems like 
so much ridiculous stuff could happen. Man, okay. So the multiplayer stuff is fun and very awesome and different. I want to play more of that. It's um and also like you know, we had some fun characters and and Abby made her character uh Doug, which was a very fun character to have around. It was just mm-hmm. a no- just a normal dude stuck in this world just looked like a dad running around. He looked like a high school principal. <laughs> yeah. Um and that was very fun. And, you know, and trying to role play as your character is also fun. I was playing as a paladin uh which in D&D rules you take an oath to do whatever and then you can break your oath and the game is pretty strict about breaking your oath, so my oath to protect the weak and do whatever was immediately broken, but not because I thought I broke it because the game thought I broke it. So, uh, I was a little, I was a little like, ah, come on. I was doing the thing the paladin would do and just having a very eager sword to take down anybody. I thought was like basically stealing a candy bar, right? Like you die Mm -hmm. by the sword. You're a criminal. And the game was like, you are a monster. And I was like, am I, or am I just the, the righteous hand of justice? And so, um, no, you're the monster. The monster. So you get somebody at your camp. We didn't kind of go through this on the stream, uh, but immediately when we stopped the stream, I noticed there was a person in my camp you talked to about breaking her oath and the whole path back to redemption and stuff like that. But that being said, on the single player side, I have continued playing a ton of that game. And let me tell you that and you talked about shoving people off a cliff. You got to watch out with that game. That, and those, those computer characters are so shove happy. Oh my gosh. If you're just get away from anything where they can shove you off a cliff. I have lost so many damn characters off the side of a cliff where I am pissed. It's a pretty surefire way to kill somebody. Oh my gosh. They have just gone fly. I'm like, God damn it. And then you have to burn a scroll of resurrection or, or just cast a spell. To, so they will, thank goodness, put a little glowy soul orb back on a platform for where that person used to be after they've been shoved off a cliff. So you can bring them back to life uh, if you have the means. But man, talk about taking somebody out of a fight. Like, you got to watch out. Mm-hmm. You got to watch out. And you got to watch out. That sounds fun. Oh. Like, like all, the, all that chaos I was talking about, like that's that's one thing when it's all temporary and you're just going to hit like restart or whatever. But like the game has burdened itself with adapting to all that stuff, right? Like that's the, like the challenge they took on in, in designing this game was like, we got to let people do whatever they want and try to find a way to make it work and the story to continue. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I feel so, like I've so, broken the seams on this thing quite a few times, but it's okay. still fun. Okay. Like there is this part again, I won't spoil anything. There's this part where I was able to sneak my rogue through the entire dungeon that I think I was supposed to be fighting through, get to the back door, open the back door, let my most of my entire party in to save the prisoner who was there Prisoner wasn't there because I hadn't initiated the story beats uh, for the game. But thematically and narratively, I realized after initiating the story beats that the prisoner shouldn't be there because. Oh, okay. Um, but I had my whole party basically set up in where this person was going to appear, and then triggered this, sent another character back out to trigger the story beat, and the character then sent the prisoner to where they were supposed to be. I got them out. And then fought the boss without having to have that character in danger. And of course, tried to immediately position my characters from when they appeared. Of course, push them off ledges. Of <laughs> Just course. Basically, semicircle around where the character was going to come through a door and appear. And basically, when they appeared, had every character <laughs> to try to shove that bad that character off the cliff. Uh, Classic they Vinny. They couldn't do it. They weren't strong enough to do it. But the 
it did trivialize a little bit of that fight in a way because I had snuck my rogue through to basically open the door into their hideout from the back, which was felt pretty cool, you know, like was kind of a cool thing to do. I'm also quick saving my way through the hell in that game, but stuff goes left when it should have yeah, gone right no so many times. Oh my Even gosh. A little bit I played, I was like, yeah, no fucking way am I oh, yeah. holding, holding myself to some arbitrary standard here. Oh, there is like, look, you've invested over dozens of hours in a thing and something's going to suddenly go real rotten real quick in a way that you're like, oh, I did not expect that to happen. I have no shame in just quick loading a thing. Um, I try not to save scum fights too much because they're generally kind of fun, even though they can be a little long sometimes. Um, so I won't like, oh, I got, I got a crit save. I got another crit save. Generally won't do that. There was one fight I did kind of do that because I was way under leveled for it and shouldn't have been able to beat that fight. It was against a bunch of phase spiders. If anybody knows that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I, I liked all the characters so far. Uh, they seem to have interesting mass effect two ish style stories where it's not quite clear what the right move is going to be down the line for this character. Like, Oh, maybe maybe doing your quest the way that makes you happy is going to be really bad for everyone uh which is interesting uh so i'm curious to see where that stuff plays out i've got a quest log that's got to have at least 50 things on it that i'm not sure i'm going to get to in this playthrough um i did look up some points of no return they signpost it and they do say hey make sure you wrapped up everything you're about to move into this other act and I looked it up and where I'm, I'm now in the beginning or near the beginning of act two and I looked it up and it did not seem to cut off as many quests as I thought it might. So I wish it were, I don't know how they make it more clear, but I wish it was, I knew without having to go look up, like, what am I going to lock myself out of if I do this? Oh, I'm actually, I'm a okay to go do this. And in looking that up, they were like, oh, the next one, you need to make sure you're, you're good because that mm. one will lock you out of a bunch of stuff. That stuff in games is always... Mm hard for me as someone who like like, very completionist like because there are some quests that are like i don't think i have the ability to finish this quest yet did i miss something or not Uh, yeah i i'm exactly the same way and i hate it about myself yeah kind of like i don't want to say it ruins my experience but it definitely detracts sometimes when i'm constantly second guessing like where do they put the trigger which which of these two doors is the story door if i walk through the wrong one are they not going to let me come back like it, it leads to so much hand wringing that I don't know. Or especially, you know, in certain quests, sometimes it's the the next step is very ambiguous and it'd be like, the item you're looking for wasn't here. The trail's gone cold. Where could it be? I'd be like, shit, is it, if I go through this door, do I end that quest or is the answer to that question through this door? Uh, that stuff to me, That's I don't where know. you would like some clarity. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't necessarily need the, like reset windows list of all the apps that got uninstalled style thing <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm like here here are all the quests that are going to end if you go through this door I, I don't know what the answer is but um and maybe the answer is just go hope somebody put that up in a guide somewhere which they have um which is great so many so many weird things happening in that game where it's not sewn up airtight but i'm okay with a lot of it um feeling a little dangly you know it's i'm gonna say broken in some parts but it's it's messy in some parts you know Mm -hmm. it's it's not perfect 
But it's I mean, it's fun. a very expansive game. And look, you know, we give expansive games like, let's say, the Bethesda-style expansive games plenty of shit for the number of bugs that they have. But I also feel like maybe the thing with this one is that while there are bugs and there are problems, it does not feel like I have seen too many people describe ruinous situations that they have run into in that game. Yeah, let's just say I'm more impressed, uh, majority, big majority more impressed than I am frustrated by some of the mechanics in it. Like, I'm more impressed that you're able to do these things mm-hmm. than I am by the things that are like, oh, come on. Like, this this sequence broke a thing or, you know, uh, this character got bugged or this character shouldn't be responding the way they're responding, which happens occasionally. Because um, there's a lot to account for yes. uh, in that game. Multiplayer fun, single player fun, Baldur's Gate 3, having a lot of fun with it. I don't know how many hours this game is going to take me. Like I said, I'm 40 plus in. I just finished up Act 1, now into Act 2. Um, exciting thing I have heard from people I trust is that Act 2, for a lot of what they've said, was even more interesting for them. So, um, curious to keep going. Yeah, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited to play this uh, when I'm back near a PC. I or, hope, hey, I hope- by the time we get back, you might be near a PlayStation also. Yeah. <laughs> That game, uh, I think it's it. It was it, and early September. When is it's, it? It's right out? around. It's right around Starfield. That's the other thing is we're going to be right up on Starfield by the time I get back. Let's just see how Starfield is handling. It's uh, that's another very expansive game. Mm-hmm. Look, Starfield is is a tight version of what they've been after for the last fifteen years. That's going to be very impressive. Their least buggy game ever. They said it themselves. I guess we'll find out soon. We'll find out soon. Uh I keep wondering with Baldur's Gate 3, like, again, I don't think I'm anywhere near finishing it. Like, and they're, I know they're working hard over at Larian to stay on top of all these things. It's one of those games I immediately want to see what they have in store next, like DLC-wise or additional mm-hmm. story pack-wise, new character. There's a lot of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition that's not in that game, and I'm wondering if they are planning on rolling that into it or or what they're going to do. The level cap yeah. in this is 12, where the level cap in D&D is 20. Um, oh, that, so. I mean, I'm not a huge D&D person, but that sure does sound like leaving themselves some room to do future stuff. Maybe, but once you're over 12, things start to get a little wacky. I mean, I've never had a campaign go over 12, if that tells you anything, because, uh, again, having real tabletop campaigns start from one and go to 12 can be tricky. I know some people start later. It's a lot of time. Uh, but your powers start to get <laughs> pretty intense. Um, I forget what the tier stuff is. There's a, there's a fun tier thing they have of like what your status in the world would be at certain levels, local hero, regional heroes. And like, once you start getting into like 12, you're like, you know, world heroes. And then like, you know, as you progress, you're like interdimensional planet or interdimensional planar hero, you know, like <laughs> interdimensional planetary. Uh, yes. Uh, planetary. Yes. Uh, so I don't know, maybe that's just a difficult thing to kind of spec out once you're in those nearing God tier levels, but maybe, I don't know. I yeah. Don't, yeah. Who am I to say? I'm not making the game. Exciting times for fans of role playing. Yes. Yes. Um, you <laughs> might say they should, they should rejoice. Fans of role playing rejoice. You got to rejoice somewhere. Cause again, wizards of the coast and that whole thing seems to just be again, not to steal a phrase too often stepping on rakes constantly. Uh, and putting their foot in it. So if you're if you're looking for some fun D&D, looks like Larian's got your number here right now. Uh, is that it for the games? I think that's it for the games right now. Not that that's, uh, you know, a small number of games. 
No, that's no. plenty of games. Big before we go, big shout out to the new Xbox dashboard, which like you're you're like, oh, Xbox dashboard. That sounds like an interesting topic, but I just pulled the new one. I don't know if you guys did. No, I, I, I did think, get it. I, I think I, I think it launched last week, right? Uh, yeah, I think there was it was a staggered release. I just got it this morning. Uh or at least I'm traveling with this S that just managed to update itself. Anyway, I think they finally made the homepage of the Xbox dashboard good. I think okay. they finally did it. I have never really, truly liked the homepage of the Xbox dashboard since the one came out. Yeah. There are just straight up nine recently played games there now. Okay. Like just nine. Like it's It's been as low as like four or five yes. in the past, hasn't it? Yes. Yes. And like ads shoved in there yep. and like... Like it's just straight up. Here are a bunch of the games you've been playing lately. The other thing is it's super snappy. Like it is it's so much better, dude. The, the oh my cursor, God. Just the straight up cursor, basic cursor movement around the homepage is so much more responsive than it has ever been before. I was like, Oh my God, I love whoever made this. Um, uh, and they, and they put shortcuts to all the like basic stuff you would want right at the top of the screen. Like literally one up press on the D pad away. Uh, uh it's, it's it's it is it's just an evolution. It is just a better version of what's been there, but it is way better. I'm looking at pictures of it. Now. I haven't seen it in person yet. It does look like they. It's almost an upside down PlayStation uh, uh, UI where sure. <laughs> instead of having the things on the like the icons on the top row or yes. your games on the top row, yes. it's on the bottom and the shortcuts is dissimilar. Yes, on, on the but bottom, but very functional, very quick. I'm I'm pleased. I, you know, it took me, it was like a learning curve with the Xbox dashboard, but I got used to it. Never to the point, though, where if there's something I didn't use frequently enough, I didn't spend like, you know, 45 seconds to a minute and a half going through the, oh, do I have to press the home key and then go look in that? Is it in that menu? How do I get to it? Like sometimes you just want to get to what's on Game Pass very quickly. And um, it was always, or not always, sometimes a little, a little too long. Uh, good. I like. Hey, UI big, updates are fun. Big difference, man. And as someone who has definitely struggled with the Xbox interface because of the sheer number of files I have on my oh. Xbox, uh, it definitely feels like an improvement. You should, you should, you should just buy a dedicated Xbox for Rock Band. I don't need two Xboxes, man. That's just too many Xboxes. I bet. Look, I bet an. I bet an S runs Rock Band just fine. Look, you're yeah. gonna be. You're look. You're one generation away from Rock Band not working with the next thing possibly i don't know if microsoft's gonna do gonna bring bring rock band support to their next thing so maybe this will be your dedicated rock band xbox well the one thing i'll give them is that i at least on the software end of things they seem pretty committed to things from the previous generation working on the next but yeah i mean i don't know what kind of usb protocols they're going to be fucking working with next time and what checks they're going to suddenly decide nah we're not doing that anymore that would be a real bummer if there is another hardware console, like it might just be, they're like, gonna do another one. <laughs> Streamer, games. we're not there yet. We're not there yet, but we still got like four years. So maybe Netflix has something to say about it. Oh, 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 oh! So we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back with the news. Be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Factor. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. Do you guys know what factor is? <laughs> I do. I thought you were about to ask if I knew what food is. Do you also know what food is? I've heard of it. It sounds and cool. Do you know what food can be? Factor's here. Factor is here to tell you what food is and can be. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. 
can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. We've gotten some Factor before. I've actually mm-hmm. found it to be quite tasty and delicious and convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put it in the toaster oven, put it in the microwave. I did the toaster oven. It was ready. I think in the toaster oven was ready between like 10, 15 minutes. Pretty quick. You can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals, ready to eat in two minutes. You can level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Ooh, you can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Not that regular butter. Truffle butter. Round out your meals and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, ooh, potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. Oh, man, Factor, what what are you doing to me, Factor? With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Head to factormeals.com slash nextlander50 and use code nextlander50 to get 50% off. That's code nextlander50 at factormeals.com slash nextlander50 to get 50% off potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. Thanks, Factor. All right, we are back, and it is time for the news. Brad Shoemaker, you have uh, gone through the news, plucked out a few stories here to talk about. Where do you do you want to start? Um, Embracer Group, have you heard of them? I have heard over and over about the Embracer Group. Somehow, the more I hear about them, the less I understand about them. Getting bigger and bigger, but sometimes... Not getting bigger. I was trying to come up with some like, well, someone has finally resisted the embrace, but that doesn't even make sense here because this is more like Embracer wanted to be embraced by someone who was like, nah. <laughs> the snuggle Sh- has been rejected. Saying yes. shun, the, uh, shun the embrace. Finally, finally, the embracer has become the embraced or not. Uh, that's, what? not that's not going to work for an episode episode title. God <laughs> damn it. Um, uh, we, th- some weeks ago when we talked about that $2 billion deal that Embracer... Uh, admitted had fallen through and had put them in very dire straits. We were, or at least I was like rabid to know who that was. I was dying to find out who was going to give Embracer $2 billion and then decided not to. It feels so quaint that we were thinking like Microsoft, Microsoft's <laughs> big enough for that. Amazon, right. like the, like they're in games. They have a shitload of money, right? You be, mm-hmm. You'd be making a play. It's gotta be. Some it's one of a very few companies that is serious about games and has enough money to throw around like that. It was Saudi Arabia. Mohammed uh, also, bin Salman. Also a ton of uh, money throwing around into yes. basically everything they can get their hands on. Maybe not into yes. human rights, but into uh, golf, into uh, video games. It's into fake cities, professional <laughs> it, wrestling. It's that. Um, what is the what is the savvy? But what is the uh, the colloquial name of that? fund the uh oh the the, the public of in, public investment fund public is the thing they fund. are using yes. to try to diversify their economy savvy games though like if you had just said like oh it was savvy games like, who the hell is this like that what yeah. like 
that that's a very savvy name, frankly. Yes. Yep. If you want to like very effectively camouflage where this money is coming from, unless people look into it. Um, it's so much money. It's, it's like near forty billion. They're looking to dump into this kind of stuff. Yeah, we should. I should give credit. This was uh, Stephen Totillo at Axios broke this story. He has talked to four different sources who all say the same thing. Um, it sounds like, judging by his wording in the story, this was an investment in development and publishing. This wasn't them buying a huge chunk of Embracer for two billion or anything like that. It was that. That's the that's the way the wording sounds to me. That it was specifically going to be funding of video games getting produced on an individual basis. Um, and so that money all vanished overnight, like literally, which caused seemingly. alarm bells to go off at Embracer. And uh, yeah, like, you know, they, they've, they've, they've started laying people off, shuttered a studio, canceled projects. Like they very, they made it very clear that like, Hey, we are in a compromised position now that this money no longer exists. Uh, and now we know who that was. And it probably worth noting that about a year ago, Embracer had, well, I shouldn't say had shares bought, but sold shares to this group uh, for about a billion dollars in what was um, um, an equity buy uh, mm-hmm. of, of of Embracer. And at the time, uh, as Axios, I went to another Axios story, which reminded me of this, put up a 1,200 word defense of, you know, hey, look, we're taking a billion dollars from this group. We know there are problems with this group, but uh, it's a billion dollars, you know, mm-hmm. kind of claim yeah it's a little rich considering that the whole thing with embracer has been that every time someone takes the money from them it's always like a where's that money coming from what's going on there and i'm not gonna say that you know like i'm not gonna laugh at this because it's not fucking cool what's happening here but it is a little rich that this company that has been going around throwing money at everything got screwed by another entity that is well known for going around and throwing their money at everything in sometimes somewhat clandestine ways and they got bit by that and yeah i don't know man it's just every it's it's dark money on top of dark money i don't like any of it i don't like where any of this is or what this implies about where like, things are headed like was that was that the strategy burn all of our capital acquiring ip and then try to rely on outside investment to actually get the games made with the ip that we spent all our money on i don't know cuz they own a lot of ip now they own a lot of stuff and you know that saudi fund also has been it's not just embracer they have they have sunk money into activision nintendo, oh, yeah, yeah. nintendo. Like it, they like are every well, week looking at the news it's like ah do we really need to talk about another week of of the PIF. Yeah. Buying another 5% of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Right. Probably not. It's literally every week. And, and I think Brad, you mentioned maybe before we came into this, that, um, yeah, that makes more sense with this coming out. Uh, why it wasn't initially clear what, who is behind this deal. Like it's not a great PR look, especially for a company that just a year ago put up a statement about, you know, tiptoeing around why they took an investment from, from the Saudi group. Yeah. Anyway, oh, good, so no good details about why this deal blew up. There's nothing. Yeah. They said specifically in the story, whatever sources they were talking to did not know what had happened. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that probably actually no one at Embracer actually knows why this fell apart. It just did. It did seem to happen very abruptly. Somebody knows. Somebody knows. Somebody knows. Hey, look, maybe it fell apart for the right reasons. Maybe somebody was like, 
uh, no, man, <laughs> we're not gonna. Oh, you're not gonna? No. But then we're walking away. I mean, they walked away. Not gonna what? Take the money? I don't they know. They were gonna take the money. It sounded like they were gonna take the money. I don't know. They, they were good. They were super going to take that money. <laughs> it sounds like from from the results of uh, the fallout of them not getting the money, it seems like everybody was ready for them to get them take the money. Kind of feels like they didn't have another plan in place if they didn't take the money. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks, Axios, for that story. Uh, Brad, what's next? Uh, Netflix. Perhaps you've heard of them. Yeah, here and there. Is going to start trialing the streaming of video games over the internet. Impossible. The future is now. Um, yeah, they, Netflix is going to just start straight up stream. It, it's a beta. Uh, I believe it's just a very limited test in Canada and UK at the moment. But it seems like something that they are ultimately going to position on everything that can play Netflix, probably, from the sound of this. Uh, there are two games in this test. One of them is Oxen Free, The first one. The first Oxen Free. They own Night School, the developer now, as we've talked about. Uh, the other one is called Mole Hughes Mining Adventure, which I couldn't find any information about whatsoever. So that this beta, this blog post about this beta might be the first time this game has been announced. I don't know. A gem mining arcade game, they say. Yeah, sure. Okay. That paints a picture. Uh, to play our games on TV, we're introducing a controller that we already have in our hands most of the day, our phones. Hooray. Oh, yeah. Uh, members members on PCs and Macs can play on Netflix.com with a keyboard and mouse. They have a little shot here of their on-phone controller scheme. Mm-hmm. Yep. It looks weirdly like a GameCube layout. I was going to say that. Yes, it does. With the giant, the big fat green A button and the smaller <laughs> other buttons clustered around it? Yep. Hmm. Did whoever mock this up just have a real love of the GameCube and want to, I don't know, weird. Like, no, um, not necessarily. Maybe they're doing something, but no shoulder buttons or, or you know, other triggers or something like that on this mock up here from what we can see. It's just a flat screen. Yes. Uh, is is games on TV the, like, branding where <laughs> they're using for this god no, i hope not. not no never mind I, I misread part of their statement or their their release here um yeah i, I yeah I, I have to cop my ignorance i thought this was already happening like i know really, so I, I thought that you i thought you could like boot up the netflix app and load up oxen free from a from like a no, lgos no, no. already no this is definitely new um, okay you know they, they've had mobile apps like i've complained about into the breach not being for sale many times uh and some other similar but those are still downloads. You know, you're still downloading the app okay. like you would traditionally. You just have to sign into a Netflix account to play it. Okay. This is this is just straight up. And again, this is a beta. But presumably, if this, if and when this rolls out wide anywhere, you sign into Netflix. Theoretically, you will be able to play whatever streaming games they have on offer. Which really seems like it was the end game of them buying studios in the first place. Yeah. Again, uh, like I really thought if I wanted to, I could just play it on my TV already if I could sync a thing up. But. Mm-hmm. I'm looking. I'm just thinking ahead. I'm just two steps boy, ahead. Netflix. Boy, do I bet they extra want to prioritize this sort of thing now that these strikes have effectively ended their traditional content pipeline. It's almost it's a whole whole new vertical. Kind of wish they were uh, floating a trial of uh, paying residuals instead. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's a very small trial. Yeah. It's a, 
if you, what, want, if you want to f- find another creative industry that is not unionized in any way, it's video games. Well, it's starting, starting to. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm. Point being, I'm sure that I'm sure there's all kind of panic right now about like oh, we've got to, you know, well, even even before the strike stuff, like they they need, they obviously need as many reasons to keep people subscribed as possible, and they seem to have identified video games as a potentially viable one of those. I got a, uh, I got a dumb, uh, dumb question for the two of you because I feel like you might have a sense of this, and I have zero. Has Netflix ever come out and figured out if they are profitable as a company or not? Or are they still one of those, like, nobody knows? What does profitable I, I, even mean? Uh, make a profit. I, I, I uh, make they're more gigantic. money than they spend. They're, they are gigantic. They have to be. Well, they've been public long enough that they would have to be, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know uh, if that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, you, you're saying they're accountable to shareholders at that point? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm know. Just, that's just a guess. It though. is, in know. fact, profitable. Okay. And there was like a point there where they were spending a ton on all those um, uh, prestige TV shows, and I feel like they were there was question there. But again, I don't keep track of this stuff. Another question for the two of you, but possibly maybe you do not know the answer. Uh, they list where this is coming to, and Amazon Fire Streaming, Chromecast, the whole thing. What is Walmart ONN? I don't know. I had never heard of that before. Walmart have its a thing? Possibly. If it does, I don't want to know about it. Oh, it looks like a line of... Well, is that a... Okay, it looks like a on. I, I think looking at this box treatment is probably how it's pronounced. Okay. I don't. It's all lowercase on this box, and it's all uppercase in this Netflix blog, so I'm not sure, but... Like, it, the, box, the box says, like, watch on ONN. Is it a service? No, it's like a little box, it looks like. Okay, like a, uh, what do they call those? Uh, oh, it may, be, it may also be a line of TVs, it looks like, that are, that have this built in. Like, I, I, I'm gathering it's probably Roku, Roku-esque. Mm. Okay. It looks like a Roku-esque platform. OTT? Uh, I don't know. Over maybe. The, over the top. Maybe. Over the- uh, so, yeah, actually, that list of... Uh, that list of devices here. Our initial like games on TV will operate on select devices for our, our initial partners, including and they rattle off like Amazon, Google, LG, Nvidia, Roku, Samsung, Walmart. No Apple in there. Mm, listen, uh, which wants to fuck with Apple at this point. Well, you know, Apple's got Apple Arcade, which is on their their boxes. So I wonder if. I wonder if Netflix getting their game stuff onto Apple devices is going to be an uphill battle or just maybe never happen because Apple is just going to be like, nah, nah, it's possible. Uh, yeah. Or I don't know. Yes. Maybe there's Apple controls its ecosystem as we all know. I'm sorry. Now I'm looking at this ONN or on collection. I have not been, apparently if it wasn't, wasn't clear, I guess I haven't been in a Walmart in a while. Yeah. Same. At least a few years here. I don't think, uh, I knew they had their, looks like you're right. It's their own in-house brand. The closest Walmart to me is like two hours or something. Hour and a half. More of a target guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, from my big boxes. Um, I don't think a controller on a phone while you're looking at a screen that is not the phone is maybe the best choice, but we'll see. I mean, for something like Oxenfree, it's not like it's a a reflex game. Nah. Although that, that other game is arcadey so it seems like it might be but look, not having not having tactile buttons when you also can't look at the controller while you're playing the game seems like recipe for disaster yeah oh, gosh alex i don't know if our we have the near similar lgs which is 
We have, I think, almost the exact same one, if not the um, same year. Do you know if you can hook up a Bluetooth controller to it? I've never tried. I have I, never tried either. Okay. Because, like, that seems more like the way to go for if you're going to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Surely, if this goes into wide release, well, I mean, I guess it has to because this seems like an end game for them. Like, when it goes into wide release, I would surely they'll support Bluetooth controllers then. It sounds like this beta does not, though. Okay, but here's the bigger question. If I hook up a Chromecast and put this on there, can I use my Stadia controller? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you really want to find out. I'm going to say no, you cannot, uh, and that thing will remain in a museum somewhere. Oh, Stadia. Uh, also, cowards, Netflix, make your own controller. I have to add more <laughs> controllers oh, to a... Uh, Hang on. Do they? Did they? It said that you, in the thing, it said uh, they're being tongue in cheek about the controller we all have in our hand, right? The, right. The but I could have sworn I saw something somewhere about somebody of a Netflix like nature making a controller. Oh, please. Who am I? Who am I? I must be thinking about somebody totally different. I love new controllers. It's like some of my favorite hardware releases. Because, like, how do you make it different? Like, we have basically the Ur controller at this point. Oh. Apparently, they, they launched the app for the controller on the App Store, like, last week. Oh, wait. Apple has a controller? No, 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 no. Netflix put out the, the Netflix game controller app. Oh, I see. I see. On to the connect, App Store. Like to that, connect. Like that controller they're, they're showing in this blog post. You can go download that now. Go, go download your controller. <laughs> yeah. Everybody no, just no, go no, download no, a new no. controller. Absolutely You wouldn't not. download a controller. I, that's where everything's no, at. Da- download your game. Download your controller. Sorry, Netflix. I will not. You don't own my controller. I own my controller. You need to sign this EULA for this controller. Uh, all right. Well, I guess it, where you said Canada and the UK, right? It's yeah, like this is this is a very limited test, but I mean, another company with a ton of money that seemingly wants to buy up some video game stuff. If this gets serious for them, do they go on a buying spree? I don't know. Of bringing content producers in house to pump this thing full of stuff. I don't Amazon know. making games, Netflix making games. Is Hulu making games yet? No. Okay. Hulu's still out there just being scrappy, huh? Hulu knows what it's good at. Uh, let's see. Uh, Time Warner. Warner Brothers making games. I'm trying to think who are the big... Well, yeah, no. Warner Brothers makes games. Yeah, Warner Brothers makes games. They make that Mortal Kombat. That's uh, Yeah. Yeah. But Warner Brothers, can I get Mortal Kombat on uh, Max, whatever they call it now? What are, the, what are they? What is HBO Max called I don't think now? they even know what they're putting on Max anymore. <laughs> You're saying Mortal Kombat, the game might be on there. We For all really anyone fucking knows, yeah. Who can say? Uh, Brad, is Xbox making games? No. Okay, good. They're they- getting out of the business, it turns out. Yeah. Big scoop here. Uh, No, but they are introducing a new strike system to their uh, Xbox Live moderation, which... Uh, I, I Does anybody know how common this is elsewhere? Because this seems pretty smart to me. I don't know. I I don't know. I look. Have any of you ever been reported for a thing on a social? I don't know. Or, or on a you don't know? I feel like you I would. Have you I ever gotten know. a notification that you've been reported? I mean, I I, I no, definitely not. But I don't, I don't think if, so. I don't know if. I mean, it depends on the service. Would they contact you unless they actually decided to enforce? Though I, I assume like- they would only contact you if they decided to enforce. But maybe they would if they're investigating it. So hmm. they used to have the star rating, right? Like, um, where you could rate the online activities and you could see what people were rated, right? Like, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Xbox ad, yes. uh, Brad, this is actually kind of interesting once you run down some of the details. Yeah. I mean, I, I, 
I guess the fact that they liken this system in this blog post to uh, driver's licenses in numerous countries is probably telling that it's maybe not that common in like online internet moderation. You're saying I can't get, I, I shouldn't drink and then go online and play some, uh, play some Halo. Yeah, yeah, look at what you do on your own time. Just don't operate any, just don't drive the warthog. You'll be fine. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Um, I don't, do they call that points on a driver's license? Is that, yes. is that having points on a license? I've never had that before. Mm. Um, this is basically, I, I actually thought of like YouTube strikes when I saw this as being the comparison, but it's not exactly the same thing, but essentially if you get moderated, if you know, offensive gamer tag or harassment or hate speech and messaging or whatever the things are that they would moderate you for, you are now going to carry strikes on your account mm-hmm. and each strike comes with a specific time period of suspension. And if you get more strikes, strikes expire after six months. But if you get more strikes while you still have standing strikes, those count cumulatively, right? So, mm-hmm. like, if you got a strike two months ago and you get another one, you now have two. Yeah. But if you had a strike eight months ago and you got another one, you only have one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the suspensions go up to a year. <laughs> if you get eight strikes in in a period before any of them, if, if you make it up to eight strikes on your account, you get suspended for a year from Xbox Live. I'm going to say eight strikes within the six-month period seems fairly generous that's actually fairly lenient yes that's pretty that's pretty that seems fairly generous yes um they say i don't know if this is unusual they say that this is just banned banning or suspending from online multiplayer and social features you'll still have all access to your single player content things you bought just and can play offline keep you away from other people for a while uh i don't i don't know if um I don't know if our bans on most services just blanket. You can't log in. You can't do shit. You can't even play the games you bought. I don't think they, they, they call attention to that in this in such a way that it makes me wonder if that is actually common that people just lose access to their account content. I don't know. I, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either, but the, the, I don't know. This seems like a pretty smart rolling way to escalate punishment. Uh, one of the if things people, that, if people are just real shitheads on a repeat basis, one of the things I saw here in this, in this write up on their, uh, reporting here was, um, it does say that all reports are, are evaluated and there are no automated enforcement actions so that they, somebody will go and look into a report. And the really interesting here thing here that was, I thought smart of them to put in this write up and to do, because obviously you don't want this to be abused is it says no volume of inaccurate reports results in an enforcement. So you can't have a bunch of your friends just go put in a bunch of reports on somebody to, cause you hate them. Yes. Um, the tw- so the volume will not dictate enforcement. You know, yes. each report will be taken only reports that have been reviewed by the Xbox safety team and determined to be accurate result in enforcement. So volume is not the, a trigger for, enforcement which i think is important like you especially in an age of streaming where you can have your followers all go and like be like everybody report this person i just streamed with them and they you know they did a thing and like now everybody do it go report yeah. this person which yeah, is yeah. super important yeah strikes strikes are like validated uh enforcement actions not just reports so uh, anyway yeah Try not to spend a year in Xbox jail <laughs> if you can avoid <laughs> yeah. it. If you can, if you can help it, maybe don't be enough of a shithead to, or even like for a day. Gosh, uh, what is it? I had it in front of me. It is one day, one day, three days, seven days, fourteen, twenty-one, sixty, and three hundred sixty-five. From one strike to eight are the periods of suspension for this. It's a pretty good spread. 
Do so. you, they have a graphic in this story which made me laugh the enforcement stacking slash user journey it's, it's, it's a very yeah user journey is boy <laughs> that is some phrasing uh that's some real business analytics stuff there also this 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 infographic is very nicely produced it is kind of not, it looks like something though i gotta say it looks like something out of like portal tube like uh like oh here's your user journey on your enforcement stacking suspension three it's it's like it's like this weirdly uh I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what word to place on this uh like this really realistic illustrative sort of like suspension one user reported for game tag <laughs> suspension two user reported for message appeal from suspension two user wins appeal <laughs> it's this weird timeline moderator reviews and categorizes as hate speech yeah user reported for game tag gamer pick <laughs> it's seen gamer weird. picks are a scourge on can you even like can you be reported for a gamer pick? Do they not still just control what you put on there? I don't know. Or can you like use any photo now? Uh, I got to call uh, out also in this infographic, the like happy part where the break is, where it says user reads community guideline and improves behavior. And then there's a big break there. And then the strikes begin to be removed after that six month period, which is uh it all ends happily for this user journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zero uh, at the yes, at the end of this long timeline, zero of eight strikes. Yeah, they made it. Uh, yeah, I looked. So you, yes, improvement is possible. Uh, this uh, this we reported previously. Xbox incorporating also reporting of uh, recorded um, interactions where you can submit online uh, audio and I guess video. It was it was also for review as well. So. Now the enforcement part. The reporting part, now the enforcement part. Watch your strikes, people. Watch your pipe strikes. Uh, don't be a Brad, dick. Don't be a dick. Just be don't dick. be a dick. It's so hard. It's so hard. Uh, it <laughs> mm. doesn't have to be. Okay. And I'll watch my phrasing as well. No. Um, Brad, last story here. Keith David. Perhaps you've heard of you him. You know, I love I, him. I have. Keith David's pretty great. Uh, Keith David is stepping into the shoes. I'm sorry. He's stepping into the oversized metal pauldrons of Commander Zavala and Destiny 2, taking the place of uh, Lance Reddick, who passed away. It's a bittersweet story. Some some weeks ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one of like, Keith David has been in so many video games, and I still get excited anytime I see Keith David is in something, but then, then it makes you remember like, oh that's why they needed a new actor oh shit yeah i you know look i have mixed feelings about this and i'm not sure where destiny 2 is even currently so i i I guess i can't speak intelligently about it (laughs) let's not even get into the most recent thing i saw about destiny 2 was the game director like doing a candid like look into the webcam and talk for 15 minutes thing of like Players are super mad about something again. Like, oh, gotta oh get out there and try to address it. If that tells you anything about where Destiny is at. So, I, I guess in thinking about that, I don't know what their narrative stories are for Zavala, and if the Zavala is deeply integrated currently into the yes, current narrative. Well, I mean, currently, as in like literally right now, I don't know, but he definitely has been like very core to the ongoing story. Yeah, like could you write, couple years. Could you write a scenario where Zavala is gone and continue with whatever core story you have to kind of put Zavala's character to rest? 
or do you need Zavala's character right now? So, you know, I think personally, maybe I would say it would be nice to just give Zavala's character an exit, you know, because yeah. Lance Reddick was such a really embodied that character, you know, was not not only just vocally like online and then, you know, yes. goofing around on I mean, Twitter. He, I mean, he, he loved Destiny. Like he yeah. played it a lot, you know. Uh, so, you know, as much as I like Keith David, maybe a little weird to just swap in another character to continue that, that role. But I get it if it's very narratively important and you, you have a story to tell here. Yeah. They, they also go out of their way to mention that all of Lance's lines will remain in the game, which is going to be weird because he recorded all of the stuff where you would just like, yeah, you know, these characters who do story stuff are also quest vendors, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. also just people who stand there and say the same three lines every time you go up to them to turn quests in. So that's going to be interesting. Like they didn't, they didn't flat out say that Keith David will be re-recording zero lines. I guess, I guess they gave themselves some wiggle room, but like, are you going to, are you going to get Lance's lines when you talk to the character in the tower and then immediately watch a cutscene with Keith David? I wonder how they navigate that. I don't know. I think that's the thing that kind of throws me off a little bit about it is like it's one thing when you're replacing an actor for stuff that is just going forward. But if you're intermingling those lines like, look, I love Keith David. I am never unhappy to experience Keith David in a thing, but I'm going to be real. He does not sound like Lance Reddick. No, they're very different. Other than having deep voices, they do not sound alike. No. Yeah. Like, yeah, is he going to be doing that cadence, like that very deliberate Zavala cadence in in the performance? Is he going to try and emulate that? It's, you know, in my playing of Destiny, I'm not a huge Destiny player. Like, Zavala is a very even-toned, you know, uh, character. And I like Keith David when he gets angry. Like a like a kind of expression, or intense, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It's again. Look, I am extremely glad that we didn't have to go through the backlash and the whole thing of them saying, "Look, we're gonna generate Lance Reddick's voice," right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I am so glad this isn't even a conversation we're having of of the you know them having trying to navigate this. I think. Bungie is just savvy enough to not try and pull something like that as much as that does feel like the trend these days. I think they understand that people would absolutely fucking read them the riot act if they tried that bullshit. Yeah. But you know that conversation at least was had at some point. And we gotta remember, this is the company that had an entire game with the uh what's the death sorry, what's the companion called? The your your buddy? Your the the little floating the ghost. Uh, yeah ghost revoiced at some yeah. point yes uh, they were so unhappy with that peter dinklage performance <laughs> were they <laughs> were my they understanding was it? that they were not thrilled with how that thing went were they unhappy with it or was it just backlash i, I don't, don't know. i think it was both and i mean i mean real i love peter dinklage he was fucking terrible in that role and you I could liked tell it. <laughs> i thought it, it sounded robotic like it sounded i don't know i mean there was there was something amusing on a meta level of thinking about Peter Dinklage just being like completely over it and phoning it in and and just completely disinterested in what he was doing. But also it felt like it fit a robot reasonably well. See, to me, it didn't read as robotic. It read as confused. (laughs) I mean, it was 
some really confusing lines in there. Yeah, no, and that's the thing is, I don't necessarily blame an actor being handed that script going, what the fuck do you mean this wizard came from the moon? What are you talking about? I, but the only way you can deliver that line is deadpan, man. Yeah. Like, honestly, I just I just appreciated that they didn't just immediately go Marvel-style, like, wisecracking robot, and then that's kind of what they brought Nolan North in to do. Yeah, I'm not saying what they replaced it with is, like, inherently better or anything. I'm just saying that it felt like Dinklage never really understood what that was supposed to be, and they never found a way to communicate to him what that was supposed to be. I think uh, in the end here, I, I just kind of wish they gave Zavala's character a, a very a respectful and graceful exit and re- and had a different stand-in um, character f- that Keith David voiced. Again, I understand within the lore, Zavala is a very deep and ingrained character in the um, what, what is the what are the Guardian collectives called? The, the three of them, uh, I forget. Like the they're the initial. They have a name. I thought they did. Zavala, the the warlock uh, trainer. Ikora. Yeah, and the Kane. Cade. Cade. Cade six. Okay. Who did come back despite being dead? They did bring mm-hmm. him back. Spoilers. Spoilers. Just pick another one. I'm sure. I'm sure his. I'm sure he was backed up somewhere, right? Yeah. Get Keith David to voice Cade. Just get Keith David to do all the voices. Fuck it, right? <laughs> Let's just be done. I think your character has a voice now. I feel like the last time I played Destiny, my character was talking in a cutscene, and That's was like, "Oh wait, what?" Very little remembered fact that you did talk a little bit even in the first Destiny. I always oh, really? forget that okay. unless I go back and see some footage where it happens. Like it's it was so rare that everybody forgot. <laughs> Ah, uh, Destiny. Destiny. Still a going concern to some degree. Uh, the final shape—that's the name of their uh, their big that's the, campaign. That's the next expansion, yeah. Rhombus of Ruin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Destiny, the final shape. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Uh, is that that's not out yet, right? No, no, they okay. haven't even like announced anything but the name. Gosh, I haven't played. I Destiny don't believe, so or maybe they've talked more about what's in it. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. I've still got all my gear from the time I played Destiny for a lot and happy with that gun. Destiny 2. Uh, Destiny 2. R.I.P. Lance Reddick. Uh, that's going to do it for the news. We've got emails here. You can send them in to podcast at nextlander.com. That is podcast at nextlander.com. Brad Shoemaker, what you got in the old email, Ben? Uh, here's an email from Walter. Uh, we have taken a break from Twin Peaks, but it's about Twin Peaks. Okay. It's entitled Bruce DeRay. Okay. Can you guess where this is going? Yes. Can you? I can. No, okay. I uh, Alex mentioned recently that he's been rewatching uh, uh, Kids in the Hall. Mm-hmm. And that made me realize how amazing Bruce McCullough would have been in the role of Leo Johnson. Eric DeRay speaks just like a Bruce McCullough character. He's not wrong. Leo Johnson, huh? Bruce McCullough, I think... Here's the thing I'll give Eric DeRay, who I don't think is the most dynamic or interesting actor, but I think is fine in the Leo role. And <laughs> look, does have some of the most dynamic and interesting hair, though. He does, uh, especially off-camera. But um, I think the problem with Bruce in that role is that it is impossible to take Bruce McCullough seriously as menacing. Like, he just doesn't have that gear that I've ever seen. He is really good and weird and quirky and funny and sometimes can do some pretty thoughtful comedic acting, but I just don't see him as 
menacing guy. Also, he's like five six. <laughs> I could see, like, all right, look, not the kind of menacing that Leo wants to be. And you're right, like he's he, like Leo's got an intimidation factor. Yeah, I think Bruce can come off as joker-esque menacing like oh my gosh like you know he's got that he that straight-faced kind of uh sure. quality where it's like you know slicing someone up in a bathroom but with like a straight face kind kind of thing on like what i'll be oh, i'll be right out for dinner kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh uh menacing quality but not the not the like Leo's like shit old kind of dirtbaggy stuff. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you there. Well, and I think part of what works about Eric DeRay in that role is that he's, he as, as something like he's also does not feel fully menacing, but he feels like he's trying too hard, which is what that character is doing is trying to be way harder than he actually is. Sure. Yes. So that's the thing I will give that actor and that character credit for, but also, he, he, yeah. He didn't have a, much of a career after that show from what I looked up. No, uh, and again, part of the reason I think he got cast in the first place is that his mother was the casting agent on the show. Okay. On Kids in the Hall? It's No. Oh, 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 sorry. I thought you meant Talk Bruce McCullough. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, he's great. Come on now. <laughs> no, I was like, he's amazing. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Uh Huh. Well, whatever. I, Lynch doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would accept like undesirable casting choices being foisted upon him. I don't know. Oh, I don't think he would have done it unless he felt like having him in that role. But yeah. I, I think that that was how he kind of got into the sphere of like, how did he get cast in this? Again, mm-hmm. I in the if you if when I take a step back and I look at it, it all seems to fit. Like it's such a weird mishmash of characters and actors doing certain roles and stuff. It doesn't stand out to me necessarily. Um, Twin Peaks, ready to get back to it whenever we can. Yes. Still, still need to find out what the once hell's going the, on. They, once the, uh, the auction is settled, or sorry, not the auction, the, <laughs> the, the strike is settled. Yes. And everything is, 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 you know, the, the people get what they want. Then I say we go back to it. Hell yeah. Hell but not yeah. until then. Another email. Yeah, let's do one more here from Ben in the UK. Hi, Ben. Hi. Uh, you mentioned recently on the Ramblecast the Connect being used for ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. Well, I have experience with the Connect in manufacturing. An equally terrifying field. That's my that's my mm-hmm. editorial yeah. there, just in case you... One of our technology vendors used the Connect to provide 3D hand tracking for assisted work instructions. This is super cool, actually. Basically, through a combination of a screen connected to a Windows desktop, a projector projecting downwards using mirrors to flip the image onto a workbench and the Connect, it could project icons onto the correct bins to pick parts from. Think screws, bolts, washers, etc. And the Connect was able to track your hand movements and alert, and alert the user if the wrong part had been picked up. Or if the correct part was chosen, project and track where the screw was required and update the back-end system with minus one of that part. What? Uh, additionally, additionally, it could be used to track positions on the desk, like moving onto the next assembly instruction, activating a smart tool, or completing the assembly process. That's pretty What? Rad. Huh. That's pretty cool. I got computers yelling at me because I'm taking the wrong screw? Yes. Yeah, look, that's probably good to know. <laughs> it's probably good you to know. know. That's cool. That's probably... Being able to see what thing you need to grab next probably makes things easier. That's a neat implementation. Maybe, implementation. Maybe so we should bring bring back the connect. 
Has something, I guess, follow-up question for the audience. Has something succeeded the connect? Is there is there like a oh in in like industrial applications? Yeah, like is there is there a product out there that's, that's like oh we obviously there was a need in this market we should make a thing that's not dedicated towards or geared towards this gaming thing that is an industrial. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Like they did they did end up sh- shipping a non game version of Connect. Remember, I think it was the same hardware, but it was like. Did they just call it Connect for Windows or something like that? But it was basically just a Connect in a box that you could buy and use for PC and yeah. stuff like this, and not need an Xbox. Uh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if there's like some successor to that. Magic, maybe, maybe not for Microsoft, but somebody. Interesting. Or have we just gone into like the, the te- maybe the technology has leapfrogged where it's like, oh, this is this technology doesn't get used for this anymore. There's totally something else. Yeah. Uh, now, now, what if it was a ghost trying to do the manufacturing? What then? Well, they, I don't know. Would they be detected? I don't know. I don't know. I have to watch more of these ghost shows to know what's going on here. That I can help you with. Oh, man. Alex, would you go into a haunted house? Okay. Would you go into a claimed haunted house by yourself for 24 hours, spend the night? By myself? Yeah. Solo. Claimed. (sighs) Why you gotta do this to me? Uh, What do I get out of it? Nothing. Then no. Fuck that. No? No. You get you get to sate your curiosity on whether like you know ghosts or not. I don't think I'm going to prove life after death in 24 hours. I think okay. that is probably asking a little much of me. But uh, if I get something out of it, yeah, okay. fuck it, I'll do it. Uh, you get a you get a thousand dollars. I'd at least think about that. Okay, Brad. I would consider that, but. It's a fine. It's a, it's not a like bugs I, are not a problem or mold or anything like that. Not a problem. I don't. I, mm, I don't know. I don't know if a thousand dollars is at worth my time level. Frankly, it's uh, uh. All right. How about this? It's in a place you get the rest of the week there, and it's a place you'd want to take vacation. You just have to spend one night in this place, and you get like a nice hotel and a week in that place. Like if it okay, if it was a nice place, sure. Like like I thought ah, we, the place, like, no, no, the haunted like house I, is not I, a nice place. I, I was envisioning it as like this is shitty, this is going to be unpleasant. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to like being there for a night. Well, you're, you're definitely not, all the ghosts no. are going to fuck with you. That's the, why like, the place that's like haunted a, is Resident Evil Seven levels of kind of that like house there. Yeah, like, that's that's kind of what that. I was envisioning. Like I was like, no, that's not. I would absolutely not. That's not worth it for me to go there for an experience that unpleasant. But the rest of the, but you get a weekend and rest of the area, which is very nice and a nice hotel, uh, all paid for. Hmm. You just have to that spend one night. Uh, and someone, okay. Additional thing. Someone or multiple people definitely died in that house. Confirmed. Does that change anything for you or? Hmm. I'm going to say no. I don't know. I'm, t- I'm too much of a, a superstitious um, uh, person to, to want to do it. I don't want to spend a night in a, in a house. Not for $1,000. Where somebody was m- murdered. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Let me a follow-up question, not to get too morbid. Alex or Brad, I'm going to start with you, Alex. You got a good deal on a house, buying a house. It's in a neighborhood you want. You find out. A hundred years ago, there was a a horrific series of murders in that house. Does that change your mind on that house at all? You're getting a good deal, great neighborhood. It's exactly where you want to be. Yeah, a hundred years ago. What'd you say? I'm in. You're in. No problem. I might not be able to go through with it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Humans are so broken. I don't don't think so. I think I might pass. I think I might pass. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. 
I don't know, but I, I fully acknowledge that's not a rational thing. I'm okay with it, though. We're moving to the next town. All right. Is that going to do it for the emails? Yes. Sorry, Vinny. Vinny had a couple of follow-up emails. Um, let me, hey, let us know if you live in a house that 100 years ago had some kind of horrible thing and if it's worked out just fine. I've watched... I, I, was too, I watched too many movies too young. That's it. I watched Poltergeist too young. It'll just never be able to shake shake some of that stuff that's gonna do it for this week's show time to get back i gotta get back to playing some more boulders gate i gotta get in there it's not too many weeks until uh uh starfield i gotta Hmm. i gotta clear the plates check that thing out um wait do you really think you're gonna finish it before then (sighs) what do we got uh what we got well no what we got is a different official release date Official release date's what? Two weeks? Two full weeks off? That's still about three weeks away. Okay. Unless, well, no, I mean, if we, if, if we, if you get the expansion, expensive edition, what do they say? Up to six days before release? Yeah, so. Up to five days? So it's basically the end of the month, so yeah, like two weeks, actually. I think I could be done with Boulder's Gate 3 on an initial playthrough in two weeks. I feel like, because um, at, at the pace I'm going, that would probably be around 100 plus hours, and I, I I think that's probably going to be satisfactory. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see, but yeah, I don't, I have to look at the release calendar to see what else is also popping up. Cause it's not like all of my time. Look, Madden comes out this Friday. So, uh, we've still got, Immortals for some people it's already out. Immortals of Avium. We got Fort Solace. Uh, games are coming out. We got Gamescom, uh, announced and stuff, or I looked at the kind of, Hype machine for the Gamescom uh, opening night is that what it's called? Something yes, opening, opening night, night live. live. It didn't seem that promising. It's pretty or, muted. Yeah, it seemed kind of muted. I guess is the word. To I say. mean, Keeley Keeley was basically out there saying, "Don't expect a lot of new game announcements. Like, expect yeah. this to be heavy on updates on games you already know about." Yeah. So, and he said that before the E three time frame one as well, and look how that turned out. Mm-hmm. So, I'm guessing this is probably even more that. Yeah, because no, nobody's going to announce games that are shipping this year, this late in the year. Yes. So, so like, yeah, <laughs> when the MC of your own thing is out there saying like, "I hey, don't get too excited about this," like maybe maybe dial it down a notch. It, it raises some questions. I look, I look forward to updates on existing games, announced games. Yeah, uh, so I look forward to having the exact correct amount of excitement for what's happening. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of weird messaging. Uh, that Armored Core game coming out. Uh, soon, two weeks, two two weeks, a weekish. Uh, that's gonna do it for this week's show. We got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, like we said on Monday, you could go well, go back in time. You can watch the archive of our Vampire Survivors co-op playthrough. It's really interesting. I recommend checking it out. If you have any questions about how that's going, or if you have some friends, just go play it. And if you own Vampire Survivors, it's out there. We're gonna be doing a grab bag on this Thursday. Uh, we'll try and maybe get some moving out two in there. Uh, probably show some on guard along with some other stuff. Uh, check it out. And then on Friday, we're still toying with uh, the little uh, the, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be out. Uh, it's on Game Pass. Um, the async on that is a little weird. Async uh, whatever they're calling it. What do they call it? Uh, a uh, a not asynchronous. Asymmetric. Sorry. Asymmetric stuff where it's like. There are more than one baddies out there per the group of survivors. So that's kind of interesting. We've got to see what that group dynamic is like. So that might be on Friday to check out. 
Um, we are continuing with the WatchCast. We are continuing down uh, lovely, <laughs> lovely computer lane. Uh, lovely Serial Projects Lane. Serial Project? Project. Project? Serial Experiments. Sorry. Serial Experiments Lane. Uh, where the computer just keeps getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will not stop getting bigger, no matter computer what. Computer escalation is a real problem. <laughs> no matter what anybody tries, the computer just will not uh, stop taking over everything. And uh, I'm going to say, we haven't recorded it quite yet. Shit's moving forward here. Mm-hmm. Stuff is stuff is happening. Are questions being answered? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I think I'm more confused now than I was before this batch of episodes. Fantastic. Uh, uh, but yes, you can check that out over at Patreon.com/slash/NextLander, along with a bunch of other stuff over there. Ramblecast, never been a better podcast. Whole bunch of business. Uh, we're trying to figure out what we're going to be doing after uh, the uh, this round of WatchCast stuff, and uh, we'll have that by the time we finish. By the time, by the time we finish, uh, Lane, we will update you on what's next for yes. the old WatchCast. So stick around, pay attention over on that front. Again, uh, Patreon.com/slash/NextLander, where you can find a bunch of different tiers there, a tier that fits your lifestyle. And one tier over on the Patreon is the Mysterious Benefactor tier, where you can get your name read here on this show. This very show here. And I'm going to do that for everyone today, starting with Ryan Waterman, RRE, John Richardson, Vornak, Kelly F., Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, Deidre, Seventh Level Warlock, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Bunny Fiend, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Mega Crane, Razgriz 2, Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Those are our mysterious benefactors for this week. Thanks to everyone who has helped us out over on the Patreon side of things. Couldn't do it without you over there. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in on Twitch, YouTube, listening to the podcast. Um, for those asking, we are still not hooked up with a merchandise, uh, uh, place yet, but, uh, you know, we'll hopefully have that sorted <laughs> at some point. We want to do it right when we move to another platform or so. at least less wrong. Yeah. Uh, before we commit to another platform. Uh, so yeah, sorry about that. If people are asking or are looking for sweet, sweet next lander merch, uh, we'll uh, just slight update there. And again, a uh, bunch of stuff going on this week. As we get ready to roll into September, mm-hmm. which if you missed the planoramas, I'm going to tell you, it's kicking off in September. Oh, yeah. So, uh, not so much November, but no. September. Uh, so, yeah, hope everybody's having a good time out there. If you're playing some Boulders Gate 3, hopefully uh, your party is doing just fine. <laughs> you and your party <laughs> are having a good time. Thank you, Brad Shoemaker. Thank you, Alex Navarro. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>